we put a lot of emphasis on the marketing and the sales, but the client experience system does not get as much attention. Just know and understand that the work does not stop when you get the sale, right? The work is just beginning. And we really need to focus more on the client experience because it impacts a lot. It impacts your revenue, your reputation, and so much more. You are now tuned in to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my mompreneur journey along with strategies that will help you build your online business operations in a sustainable way. The goal is to help you build a business that fits into your lifestyle as a mom who values putting family first. We will also hear the experiences and expertise of other moms with service-based businesses. You'll get a peek into our journeys so you'll know that you aren't alone. Motherhood gets hard. Entrepreneurship gets hard. But together, we can do hard things. Welcome to the suite. Hey, friend, welcome to another episode. Thank you for being here. So in the last episode, I very briefly mentioned this idea of maintaining your client experience and how important it was for you to still do that, even as a work from home mompreneur. Because while there is some flexibility that is allowed and some understanding on your client's part, we can't use motherhood as an excuse to not deliver high quality service. And so I'm going to talk about today seven ways to keep your client experience intact as you work from home with kids. Um, And this is not to say that we don't face unique challenges when it comes to running a business from home with children present. There is this this constant having to switch gears between mommy mode and CEO mode. We do have more interruptions and more distractions. There are also communication challenges and scheduling challenges that can arise because we do have the children at home. And so it is more uh, challenging to do things like schedule a bunch of Zoom calls. And then we also face uh, client expectations, right, just for that flexibility and professionalism. And so, yes, it is possible for both of these worlds to coexist harmoniously and for your client experience to remain high. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to give you these seven seven ways you can do that in a second. But why does the client experience really matter? Now, this is one of my favorite systems to talk about. I think it's so important. And I really get into this in a masterclass that I have. It's called Client Delight, How to Craft an Exceptional Client Experience. The things that I talk about in this masterclass are the signs of a subpar client experience, what a crappy client experience is costing you, things to consider when crafting your client experience, and I give you some client experience enhancement ideas. All right, that was a mouthful. But all of that is in the masterclass. So if you are listening to this before March the 1st, then you'll be able to access that masterclass for free in the Biz Beyond the Grand Bundle. And the link is in the show description. But if it's after March the 1st, then the masterclass is available for purchase. And that link will also be in the show description. All right. So let's just get right into these seven things, okay? 
seven ways to keep your client experience intact as you work from home with children. So number one is to be transparent about your situation. You don't want to engage or sign on clients who don't know you and your lifestyle, right? You don't want to present a a corporate facade when you're really working from home and you have kids. Maybe you work by yourself. Um, You don't want to make it seem like you have a huge team. You just want to be very honest and transparent about your situation so that your client or potential client can already know what it is they're walking into. And they can already kind of have some expectations set based on your lifestyle. Okay, so that's number one. Be transparent about your situation. Number two is be realistic with your promises. And this comes into play when you think about your timelines. And so I was listening to a podcast and the young lady said she does VIP weeks instead of VIP days um, just because her capacity and how her life is with her children. She can't promise a VIP day to a client and to get it done at a high quality. And so she offers VIP weeks. All right. So be realistic with your promises. Be realistic with your timelines. Don't say something is going to take two weeks when in reality it's going to take four. Okay. This this is why it's important. And I talked about this in a previous episode. I will link it in the show description. But this is why it's important to understand your capacity and understand your workload so that you can create a system that works for you, but also so that you can communicate effectively with either the people you're going to be working with in terms of a team or the people that you are going to be working with in terms of clients, okay? There's always this this saying that you hear that you should... Um, under-promise and over-deliver. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think you have to over-deliver. I think you can keep it simple. People want what's promised. You can keep it simple, but you deliver that in an excellent way. And the thing that's going to make it seem like you're over-delivering is the experience that you provide, right? People really don't need a whole bunch of bells and whistles. They really just want the service that they paid for And the experience is what's going to put it over the top, not necessarily the deliverable or you giving all these extra deliverables. Let me say that because the deliverable does matter. All right. So that's number two. Be realistic with your promises. Number three is to set expectations and boundaries up front. And I talk about this a lot more in episode 56, five key business boundaries that lead to work-life harmony. And so when you are engaging with the client before you sign them on, you just want to make sure that you you have those expectations and boundaries in place through, you know, your contract or however you are communicating and then letting them know specific things like how you're going to communicate. And for moms who are working from home, I know that asynchronous communication is preferred, right? And so there's asynchronous communication and synchronous. Synchronous is when both parties need to be present at the same time. So that's like having to hop on a uh, on a Zoom call or if you're doing a group coaching call and they're live at a certain time, right? That's synchronous because you're 
having to show up at a specific time so both parties can communicate. Asynchronous communication is where both parties do not have to be present at the same time. And so this is things like reviewing a course on your own time or communication through email or communication through, um, like a lot of people are using Voxer and Slack, those types of things. And so you want to try to implement that type of communication when you are engaging with clients so that they don't have this expectation that you are going to always be hopping on Zoom calls, right? Because that can take up a lot of your time. You also just want to outline your working hours, you know, when are you going to be available, and then also communicate what your response time is going to be. So can they expect you, if they're emailing you, can they expect a response in 24 hours, or is it three hours? Just set those expectations up front so that there's no miscommunication, but also just so that there's no disappointments because they were expecting a specific thing or they had something in mind, but it just wasn't clarified. All right, so that's number three. All right, number four is engage in client-facing work when you have the least amount of distractions. And I know this might be challenging for some because you may feel like there is no time where you have (laughs) no distractions. Um, But some of the things that you can do, some of the things that I have done is that if I need to be present for a meeting, if I'm doing a clarity call, or if I am doing a, a podcast interview, I do that during my toddler's nap time. Or if, you know, it just happens to fall outside of nap time, I will put on the TV for her so she is more consumed with the TV than she is with me. And then if it's possible for you, if this is an option for you, you can get childcare on specific days or specific times. And then do your client-facing work while you have uh, child care or you have some type of support present, okay? Um, and this will help you to, again, be able to get through those meetings, those calls, whatever it is, quicker without the interruptions and distractions. Okay, number five is to maintain a dedicated workspace to establish professionalism. And what I mean by this, I mean, of course, again, this will depend on on who your clients are. But if you do have a call with a client and it's on video, you know, you want to just make sure you're presenting yourself in a professional manner, like you're not laid up in bed in Zoom. Just make sure that your frame looks presentable, clear and clutter free, just so that there's no room for the client to kind of question your professionalism in that area. The next thing, which I believe is number six, is to plan ahead to help stay on track with your deliverables and your tasks. When you plan ahead, this really just helps to decrease the stress and the pressure in trying to figure out what you need to be doing on a day-to-day basis. If you take some time on, you know, a weekend or whenever you have spare time um, and you just plan ahead based on your projects, based on your workload and map out where you're going to do certain things and when you're going to work on specific tasks. So when that day comes, you know what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, and some things that can help with this is establishing a work schedule, which is something that I've spoken about before. 
for me, what's been helpful over the past year or so is using an actual physical planner that helps me just to map out everything every day. I have, you know, my two to three things that I, I need to be doing and I can like literally write down what needs to be done. I also have just a brainstorm. Uh, what do I call it? Like a brain dump document where any task that, that needs to get done, I just put it in there and I use those tasks to then map them out on specific days in my planner. So that really helps to just get things out of my head so I don't forget it. So I'm not carrying that. And then I still have it when it's time for me to map out what I'm supposed to be doing on specific days. All right. So plan ahead and, and help stay on track with deliverables and tasks. Um, the next thing, let me count this because I think I'm giving you guys more than seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, so yes, this is number seven. You want to leverage technology and automation to support you. All right, so there are so many things that you can automate. You don't have to do lots of things manually that will help you to present yourself in a professional manner and maintain your client experience as you might be at home, taking care of the kids, changing diapers, making lunch, taking a nap, whatever the case may be. Automation can really bridge the gap for you in that area. So some of the things that you can automate, of course, are your, your emails. If you are onboarding a client, your whole client onboarding and offboarding can be automated. You know, once you set this up one time and you test it and everything is good, this system will work for you. You're not doing things manually, but your client is at the same time receiving the information that they need. All right. So number seven is to leverage technology and automation to support you. And then there is another one. Number eight is that you want to delegate based on your capacity and your preferences, right? So when you're delegating, you can delegate your task out to another individual, right? You can hire a team member or a contractor. And just based on your capacity, if you know how much time you have available to do work tasks and there's other things that just you don't have the capacity for, you can delegate those out. And also just things that you don't want to do, um, things that might take you too long to do, you can delegate those out as well. So you are using your time for the things that really need your brain, okay? And I am going to talk about delegation specifically in a future episode sometime in March if you're listening to this in real time. All right, so let me just really quickly go back through. So it's actually eight things, not seven. Let me go through this list again. So number one is be transparent about your situation, that you are actually a work-from-home mom and you have kids at home with you. Number two is be realistic with your promises, so um, in terms of your timelines. Number three is to set expectations and boundaries up front, specifically in terms of your communication, your working hours, your response time, things of that nature. Number four is engage in client-facing work when you have the least amount of distractions. Number five, maintain a dedicated workspace to establish professionalism. Number six, plan ahead to help stay on track with your deliverables and with your tasks. 
Number seven is to leverage technology and automation to support you. And number eight is to delegate based on your capacity and your preferences, all right? So if client experience, again, is something that you are wanting to put more effort into this year, definitely check out my masterclass, Client Delight, How to Craft an Exceptional Client Experience. The link is in the show description. If you have any questions, shoot me a message over on Instagram and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship.